female folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's going on. He ripped her face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. Yes, we are back. Hello and welcome back to Man Eaters, the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals. My name is James and thank you for joining me on a very special episode of Man Eaters because every episode of Man Eaters is special because of you, the audience. You are special. And I mean that not in a derogatory sense, like that maybe you're kind of like mentally handicapped or deficient. I mean special in the sense that you are the only you that exists, unless you're an identical twin, in which case, I'm I'm sorry, I find you creepy. I don't know. This is my deep dark secret. I'm I'm a loving person. I love everyone on earth. I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. Trans people, bring them, bring them on. I love them. But, ugh. Identical twins? God, disgusting. Uh, If you're an identical twin and you're listening to this, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what this bit was. It was a weird joke that, frankly, it went too far. I think we can be honest that it went too far. But regardless, if you're a twin, (laughs) if you're not a twin, is there a a word for if you're not a twin? Because it feels like offensive to just say that you're normal. I don't know. For now, I'm going to call you a reggie. Because you're regular. If you're a twin or a reggie, thank you for joining me for this episode of Man Eaters. It's been a couple weeks since you've heard my beautiful Australian accent grace your disgusting American ears. <laughs> so I'm, I'm mean today. Damn. I'm drinking a White Claw, which maybe that I'm, I'm a little tipsy. Maybe that's why I'm feeling so uh, <laughs> aggressive. But White Claw, by the way, this is unofficial. They're not sponsoring me, but I want them to. Uh, White Claw, the unofficial... Uh, alcoholic beverage of the podcast. I think that, you know, claw, man eaters, it kind of, it's thematically kind of on point. Um, anyway, as I was saying before, I distracted myself. Uh, yeah, you've probably not heard from me for a few weeks. Found myself very busy with, um, with theatre stuff, theatrical endeavours and whatnot. Uh, but I have been itching to get back into the podcast studio, aka my parents' walk-in wardrobe. Uh, by the way, if you hear a difference in the audio quality, I'm just trying out a new setup. So if you don't like it, let me know and I'll go back to whatever I was doing before. Um, this is not a high-tech endeavour by any sorts. I've just kind of got myself a little pop mic. I don't know if you can, can you tell when I say the word pop? I don't know. I don't know if that does anything. Uh, But we are back with a very exciting episode. Uh, We are talking about Osama bin Laden. And I know you're probably thinking to yourself, Osama bin Laden, hey, wasn't he like from a band in the 80s or something? I don't know. I don't really listen to the news. No, you're wrong. Osama bin Laden is not a pop star from the 80s, idiot. As we all know, Osama bin Laden is an elephant from India. Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking, of course. I am well aware who the actual Osama Bin Laden is. Not a gut nice guy. I'm, I know people say controversial stuff on podcasts all the time. Here's mine. Controversial take. I don't care who hears it. I think Osama Bin Laden was a bit of a dickhead. Sue me. Come at me. Cancel me. Internet, come at me, bros. 
Uh, no, we are talking about Osama bin Laden, the elephant today. A really remarkable story about an elephant in pretty recent history. I believe this story um, was from about 2006, although I could be I could be wrong. I can't remember uh, from the story that I wrote like a few weeks ago. Um, Osama bin Laden, an elephant that killed over 20 people uh, and was brought to justice. I don't know. Animals. I don't know if animals can really be brought to justice. They're animals. Um, but we are going to talk a little bit about... Uh, a really interesting um, medical condition, disease, I think, um, that elephants get that I didn't know about um, that can cause this kind of aggressive behavior and leads to serial killer elephants like Osama. Um, so that is what we're going to do today. Before I go, though, I just want to say uh, we celebrated our one-year anniversary of Man Eaters a couple of weeks ago. Thank you to all the day ones who are listening. I don't know who you are or, if you, or why you're doing this. Why are you still here? I'm barely still here, but if you are still here, thank you very much. It was, uh, it kind of snuck up on me a whole year of doing this podcast. I never achieve anything in a year. Um, so that's been great. We've got, you know, thousands of people listening, uh, from across the ocean. I don't know why people in America and Canada are listening to this, but if you are, thank you very much. I also want to thank uh, a very special listener who uh, wrote in, I can't remember the name, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pull it up on the email right now, who sent me an email all the way from Mary Old London in it. I don't think it was um, London. They're from they're from the UK. Uh, Ellie Ellie May, uh, who sent me a really nice message, uh, saying that she'd listened to the Killer Cryptids episode about Chubacabra and suggesting her own Killer Cryptid. Um, well, not her own. I don't think she made it up. If she did, good job because you're. You've planted this story miraculously well because there is information about it. But the name is the Black Shuck, uh, which is a uh, I think Birmingham. I think she said it was uh, killer cryptid. Yeah, the Black Shuck from Yorkshire, not Birmingham, Yorkshire, uh, which is a cryptic black dog that has a fascinating history. So we are definitely going to be listening to that story in the near future. But speaking of very near future, as in. It's happening now. Osama the Elephant. That's the story for today. Let's jump right on into it. That I uh, I don't think I set up the drama of the uh, of the story well enough with that segue. Let's jump right into it. Now, as a result of India's rapid population growth, natural habitats are being reduced in size in order to make room for agricultural land, which has led to an increase in the number of conflicts that occur between humans and animals. If you've listened to this podcast before, when you hear me say this, your brain likely jumps to stories of man-eating uh, tigers or leopards. After all, the most prolific animal serial killer in history was an Indian tiger from Champawat, and leopards have also been known to be extremely prolific at hunting humans. Maybe your brain even goes to bear attacks, like the slothbore bear of Mysore. However, the Indian elephant is one species that has been negatively impacted by human encroachment into jungle areas and attacks the most. Since the 1940s, the population of Indian elephants has dropped by at least 50%. More than 2,300 people were killed by elephants in the five years leading up to 2019, including 494 people in 2018. Now, if you're me, that is a staggeringly large number that really surprised me. So I want to go back and read that again. Let that sink in. 2,300 people were killed in five years leading up to 2019. So from 2014 to 2019, 2,300 people died in India, including 494 people. That's nearly 500 in a single year in 2018. 
This is apparently a tragically common occurrence in many parts of rural India. Tigers, on the other hand, were only responsible for 200 deaths in the same time period, which is very surprising since in this history of this podcast, we have talked about tiger attacks being, you know, very frequent in the early 1900s, obviously less so now, but still a a relatively common occurrence, but obviously not as common as elephants are. So... One large bull elephant in particular has gained a dreadful reputation as a killer of humans, being responsible for at least 27 deaths during the period of time between 2004 and 2006. These deaths occurred over the course of two years. Due to the elephant's aggressive nature, it was jokingly given the name Osama bin Laden, which was a reference to the previous leader of the terrorist organization, Al-Qaeda. I gotta say, Indians, love you, you're beautiful people, your sense of humor may be a little bit off the mark here, I don't know, I don't know, I don't find it funny. I'm just kidding, I find it hilarious. Osama, who was an elephant who lived in the state of Assam in India, was thought to have been around 50 years old and measured around 3 metres in height. One, <clears throat> He was one of an estimated 5,300 elephants that called that state home. The animals and the farmers were coming into increasingly violent conflict, and as a result, over 250 people had been crushed to death by elephants between the years of 2001 and 2006. As a direct result of this, at least 268 elephants were killed by local farmers and villagers. Osama's murderous rampage, which ultimately resulted in the deaths of 27 people and the destruction of hundreds of homes, began in the year 2004. After reaching his double-digit mark in the number of people he killed in 2005, he was dubbed a rogue elephant. Now, I'm going to take a quick pause to say here, again, Indian authorities, a little slow on the mark here. Um, I don't think you need to wait for double-digits to be considered a rogue elephant. If I killed nine people, that's a problem, okay? When I get up to ten, uh, I don't know, I, the difference between nine murders and ten murders to me is a little bit um, negligible, uh, even if you're an elephant. Uh, Yes, after reaching the double-digit number, he uh, was dubbed a rogue elephant. Fourteen people passed away in the period of six months leading up to the killing of an elephant that was thought to be Osama. It seemed as though he had little to no fear of either fire or firecrackers, which are two of the most common methods for scaring elephants away from villages and farms. The number of casualties continued to rise until... The number of fatalities continued to rise in December of 2006 as a directive as the number of fatalities continued to rise in December of 2006 a directive was issued that instructed soldiers to shoot to kill villagers used drums and fire to corral an elephant that they believed to be Osama after it was spotted at a tea plantation once professional hunter Dipen uh, Fukan arrived Uh, You know I'm great at Indian pronunciations. The elephant was killed. When it saw a person holding a rifle, the elephant launched into an attack. Fukan stated in a later interview that the elephant was only a few meters away from him when he brought brought it down with multiple shots fired from a high-caliber rifle. Following Osama's execution, there was a subsequent amount of discussion regarding whether or not the appropriate elephant had been killed. The College of Veterinary Sciences team of experts came to the conclusion that the wrong animal had indeed been killed after discovering that the carcass was located more than 50 miles away from the area where the elephant had typically roamed. 
Activists claimed that the forest officials had improperly verified whether or not the animal was a sama before burying it, and this was a violation of the law. Concerns were also raised regarding the possibility that other members of Osama's herd would carry out retaliatory attacks, as evidenced by the fact that several thatched cottages in the area were razed to the ground by elephants in the days following his passing. And I don't know if you remember, a couple months back, there was a story in the news about a woman who had been killed by an elephant, and at her funeral, the same elephant came back and... um, took her body off a funeral pyre and threw it around. Elephants have been known to... You know the saying, elephants never forget? There is a reason behind that. Um, Elephants do (laughs) apparently seek revenge quite a lot. So this was a genuine um, worry that these villagers had, that the real Osama or members of Osama's herd or the herd of the elephant that was killed would uh, come back to enact revenge on the visitors. Um, I have no conclusive evidence that that actually happened, thankfully. Now, one very plausible explanation for Osama's extreme aggravation and the aggravation of elephants similar to Osama is a medical condition that affects elephants called musth. And I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled M-U-S-T-H, musth. Bull elephants periodically experience a condition called musth, or must, which is characterized by aggressive behavior and a significant increase in reproductive hormones. Elephants' testosterone levels during must can be up to 60 times higher than normal. In specific individuals, these testosterone levels can even reach as much as 140 times normal. That is an incredible markup and would explain the the energy that these elephants have. Um, As we all know, testosterone turns us all into fucking dickheads. Unless you're a trans person taking tea, in which case, keep at it. Keep at it. I love you. It's also unclear, however, sorry, it's unclear, however, whether this increase in hormones is the sole cause of must or merely a, con- a contributing factor. During must, even the calmest of elephants can become violent towards humans and other elephants, making scientific study of musts difficult. I'll also add there, it's not just humans and other elephants, um, Elephants who are in must, uh, they have been noticed, they have been observed to attack other animals as well, including giraffes and rhinoceroses and zebra. Um, <clears throat> although the female elephant cycle is not tied to the seasons, musts typically occurs during the winter, making it distinct from rut. Uh, rut, of course, is, you know, um, uh, how do I describe rut? I guess it's just when elephants get really horny if that makes sense. So this is a separate from the mating season of elephants. It's just a condition that periodically happens. In addition, it is not uncommon for bull elephants in musth to attack female elephants, whether or not the elephants are experiencing menstruation. Um, when an elephant is in musth, sti- this is disgusting, by the way. This is a little bit of a disclaimer. <laughs> this, it, this is where it gets gross. <clears throat> When an elephant is in must, a sticky secretion known as temporin is often expelled from the temporal ducts on either the side of its head. Proteins, lipids, especially cholesterol, phenol, formethylphenol, crestols, and oh god, sequilopernins. Uh, sequilopernins. That's not right. Are all components of temporin, notably tharnasol and its derivatives. Elevated levels of variously high odorous ketones and uh, adalhydes, I'm definitely pronouncing these words wrong, have been found in elephant secretions and urine collected from zoos. 
Tempurin naturally drips into an elephant's mouth and has a foul taste, at least to humans. Who is, sorry, mm, scientists, who is tasting the Tempurin? I know it sounds like tempura, like tempura veggies and now I'm hungry, but don't stick the, the, the drippings, elephant drippings in your mouth, you weirdos. But apparently this natural secretion that does go in the elephant's mouth uh, may contribute to an animal's aggressive behavior. The elephant's eyes may be experiencing severe pain similar to that of a toothache because of the accompanying swelling of the temporal glands. Elephants will sometimes try to alleviate the discomfort by digging the tusks into the ground. The connection between must and sexual arousal or dominance is unclear. When in must, male elephants in the wild often make a distinctive low pulsating rumbling sound, known, known as the must rumble, which is a very sexy name that they've given that elephant's uh, noise. Uh, this can be heard by other elephants from great distances. Evidence suggests that there is an evolutionary benefit to advertising the muth's state, as the rumble not only attracts cows in heat who respond with their own vocalizations, but also causes other bulls, especially juveniles and non-receptive females, to silently avoid the area. Uh, that would be great if, like, horny dudes in town, when you're out clubbing, uh, they just made a really low grumble and you just knew where they were and you could just make sure you were avoiding them. Unless you wanted to... <laughs> I don't know, bang them? Uh, I, don't, I guess, that's fine. <laughs> um, must in younger elephants, especially those growing up without older males, has been linked to cases of rogue elephants randomly attacking native villages or goring and killing rhinoceroses without provocation in African national parks. The aggressive behavior is reduced after an older male elephant, uh, after older male elephants are reintroduced into the local population. Both humans and other elephants are in grave danger around a must elephant, whether it be wild or domestic, and this is where we kind of can tie it back into Osama. Um, and also potentially other elephants that we've that we've covered, like, um, uh, oh, I can't remember the one that was, that, was it Gypsy? Gypsy the elephant? And um, Topsy as well. Uh, th there've been a few elephant attacks, and I don't know if we've covered Topsy, but we will soon. Um, so yeah, when an elephant is in must, or must as it was pronounced earlier, um, stay clear. Uh, elephant bulls in must are unpredictable and dangerous, killing multiple zookeepers every year. That That's wild. In an extreme departure from their typical dominant behavior, bulls in must will even attack and kill members of their own family, including their calves. That's Jesus Christ, that's brutal. Breeding elephants in zoos is difficult because keeping adult male elephants requires strong, purpose-built enclosures to isolate males during their must. For this reason, most zoos that keep a single elephant or small herd typically only have females. That is interesting. When you go to the zoo next time, see if there's any dicks. Uh, and if not, just tell the zookeeper, hey, I know why there aren't any dicks in that paddock. It's because of must. And actually, they would probably be impressed that you knew what that was. So, you're welcome. If you're trying to pick up a zookeeper, say you're there's a beautiful female zookeeper and you're you're swaggering in there and you want to pick her up, be like, hey, hey, baby, I know why there's no dicks in that pen. Because a must. Must. To. Make sure you pronounce it right. Maybe Google a pronunciation thing, because I could be getting this wrong. Um... Okay, domesticated elephants in must in Sri Lanka and India traditionally are uh, traditionally starved for several days, then tied to a sturdy tree until the must subsides. 
because of the use of sedatives like xylazine, uh, the musks can be completed in as little as five to eight days during this method. So that, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Starve them, make them weak, time to a tree. I love how some places in the world are so simple, simplistic. If this was Australia or like America or like a Western zoo, they'd be like, oh, well, what we need to do is get this very fancy new medical contraption and stick it up the elephant's asshole. And uh, we will give it uh, five different uh, injections every few minutes. And uh, no, you just starve it and tie it to a tree, fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> the term ichor, pronounced, uh, spelled I-C-H-O-R, ichor, Ichor? Ichor? I don't know. It is used to describe the temporan secretion of the elephants and musks, which is frequently referenced in classical Indian poetry and prose. For example, in the Rakhuva, Kalidasa writes that the king's elephant drip Ichor in several streams to match the scent put forth in the seven-leaved Saptachada tree. in a reversal, some poets liken the Sapachada to the Ichor of an elephant. Poems describing this phenomenon can be found in Sanskrit, Tamil, Pali texts that predate Kalidasa's time. When Hanuman pressed the uh, Mah- Mahendra mountain, it glowed. <coughs> Sorry. This <coughs> is. Let me try that again. When Hanuman pressed the Mahandra mountain, it gushed water like an elephant's rot juice, as described by Val- Valmiki in the Ramayana Sandra Kanda. What the fuck? I don't even know what that means. In his autobiographical work, Shooting an Elephant, George Orwell, what? George Orwell recounts the time an elephant in Burma had an attack of must, killing an Indian man, and how Orwell was forced to shoot and kill the animal. That is wild. That's a very interesting little fact that I didn't know. Must is characterized in Sangham literature. Uh, Kumator, Kananar... Uh, gives the following description. Um, this is a poem, apparently. Okay, let me let me get this right. Hearing about your successes and notoriety has made me eager to meet you. I travelled here with my large family, passing a small mountain range where young, noble male elephants with coarse hair and swaying walks have musks flowing from their cheek glands, and elephant mothers with calves wave wild jasmine twigs, chasing striped bees that swarm on the sweet musks. <laughs> sweet? Okay, okay, so apparently this guy thought the musks was sweet when he stuck it in his gob. The climactic scene of the Tamil film Kumki, which follows a Mahout and his trained elephant, features the animal in must. The Kumki elephant is trained to confront wild elephants and prevent them from entering villages, and captive elephants are also used in temples and cultural festivals. Temple elephants are too tame to confront wild elephants, so that is not an option. In this film, a tribal community is looking to hire a Kumki elephant to ward off the wild elephants that threaten their harvest. For financial reasons, the Mahout, uh, the Mahout sends his temple-trained elephant to do the work, despite knowing full well that it will attract wild elephants. However, on the day of the harvest, wild elephants begin attacking the village. The elephant that was trained in the temple goes into muths, gets into fights with the wild herds, kills the most dangerous member of the herd, and dies of its wounds. Fuck yeah, that sounds like a badass movie I want to watch. Ooh. Maybe that could be in one of the next man-eater movies that we do. How's that sound? Yeah, baby. Okay. Um, 
According to, oh, this is interesting too, another um, popular culture reference. According to Ian Fleming's James Bond novel, The Man with the Golden Gun, the villain, Francisco Francisco Scaramanga, um, became a cold-blooded assassin after, author- after authorities shot an elephant he had ridden as part of his circus act after the elephant went on a rampage while in must. And uh, another... I don't know this one. Oh, you know, I do know this one. Phileas Fogg buys a sugar and butter-fed elephant from the cellar in Around the World in 80 Days in the hopes that it will enter must and be more effective in battle. However, the elephant has only been on this diet for a short period of time, and thus the condition has not yet manifested. Okay, <laughs> lots of information to unpack there. Yes, it, there is no way of determining... First, there is no way to determine if the elephant that was killed in 2006 uh, was actually Osama. Um, however, there, there are no um, articles about, you know, serial killer elephants continuing off this date. So it's I would say it's pretty plausible that they did get the right elephant, despite it not being very close to where previous attacks had happened. Elephants can walk a really long way, which is why people would ride elephants like they do horses and camels. Um, number two, there is no evidence that um, Osama was in must, although I personally believe that that's what caused it. Um, it's It would be... V- it's a very good explanation for why this happened. Otherwise, Jesus Christ, who knows why this happened and why why it doesn't happen all the time with elephants. Um, but yeah, like when we talk about serial killer animals, um, we really think of carnivorous animals. Tigers, leopards, lions, bears, um, hyenas even, uh, sharks, crocodiles, that kind of stuff. Herbivorous animals typically don't have that high of a kill count. In fact, this may be... Um, the highest kill count of a, of a herbivorous animal um, that we've covered. I can't think of another one that's that's even close. Travis the chimpanzee only... Well, he didn't kill anyone, actually. She survived. Um, Tilikum the whale. I guess that's not a herbivore either. Um, only killed three people. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any other uh, herbivorous animals that have... have had anywhere close to this number of, of uh, kills on their counter. So, Osama, the elephant, that is that story. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to move on now to my favorite part of the show, which is the scratch of the day. No one sent me a fucking interstitial to put in yet, like a little little uh, sound effect for the scratch of the day. So, I'm just going to keep doing progressively worse and worse ones until one of you guys ponies up, okay? Our first story today is actually sent to us by a pal of the program, Ben at it, um, one of my personal heroes and friends. Um, he sent me this story uh, about a tiger. This is ABC News reporting. This is a few weeks ago, uh, the 10th of October. So it's it's nine days ago. Um, here we go. This is a tiger. The headline reads, tiger that killed at least nine people known as the man-eater of Champaran shot dead in India. Okay. Um, this is by Andrew Thorpe. Uh, who who wrote this? Okay, <clears throat> a tiger that became known as the man eater of Champaran, uh, Ch- Champaran. Yes, I was right. After killing at least nine residents of an Indian village this year, has been shot dead in a police operation that involved more than two hundred people. It happened on Saturday, just a day after the National Tiger Conservation Authority granted the police permission to take lethal action following an increase in fatal attacks last week. The tiger, a three-year-old male Bengal, officially known as T-104, had been living in a forest and sugarcane field near a village in West Champaran in a district of the northeastern state of Bihar. 
Its first confirmed attack on a human took place in May, but it had recently began to attack the village more frequently, with local media reporting that it had dragged a 12-year-old girl from her bed on Wednesday night. If you've listened to this show before, you would know that um, big cats like tigers and leopards in India dragging people out of their huts and beds uh, is nothing new. Unfortunately, it's a pretty horrific way to go, but it does happen quite a lot. It also killed a 35-year-old widow and her uh, young son on Saturday morning. The official hunt for the tiger began several weeks ago, with attempts to tranquilize it proving unsuccessful, and police being criticized by villagers for failing to keep them safe. However, Saturday's operation was a larger and more coordinated uh, was more sorry was larger and more coordinated, involving eight shooters, about 200 Forest Service officials, and locals keep locals keen to help. Two teams of police, some riding elephants. Hey, we tied it back to the elephant thing. Entered the forest to flush the tiger out uh, into an ambush before he was shot dead at about 3:15 local time. Valmiki Tiger Reserve Director Neshamani uh, K told the Hinduian Times an autopsy would be conducted on the tiger and its remains would be sent to wildlife research institutes for forensic testing. Nearly 225 people were killed in tiger attacks between 2014 and 2019 in India, according to government figures. Conservationists blame the rapid expansion of human settlements around forests and key wildlife corridors uh, for the for the increase in human-animal conflict. India is home to around 70% of the world's tigers, and the tiger population was estimated to be 2,967 in 2018. So yeah, we, we, every time we, I'm going to touch on this very briefly, every time we talk about killer big cats in India in particular, uh, human encroachment on their habitat is always, seems to be always the, uh, the reason that it occurs. Um, but it's tricky, you know. These aren't rich people developing condos where they don't need to be. These are poor people building villages in the forest. Um, it is as much their home as it is the tigers. So it is a very tricky um, situation, of course. Though it is very sad when um, these human-animal conflicts happen and people die and the animals die as well. Um, but in this case, you know, you know my feelings. A human life is is unfortunately, I believe, a human life is worth more than an animal life. Uh, and for a tiger that killed at least nine people, possibly more, um, I think that yep, yeah, giving the authorities permission to kill uh, this tiger was the right thing to do and was unfortunately necessary. Okay, moving on to our next Scratch of the Day story, uh, we have an article from escape.com. Um, now, I found this one because I saw a TikTok yesterday. I'm going to play the, I'll play the audio for you first, and then I'll read the story. Um, the Sorry, my TikTok is already going. This was a man who was climbing a mountain, apparently in Japan, and out of fucking nowhere, a bear attacks him, and he fights it off, and he smashes his hand on rocks, uh, but it is pretty badass. So let me just see if I can find it. Um, where, where are we looking? Oh, no, I've, I've passed it already. I hope it hasn't been deleted. Uh, where is he? Oh, my God. Jesus, oh my god. Ah, that's so scary, man. Okay, <laughs> you get the idea. He's basically just screaming at a bear at that point. Uh, that it, you, you should look for that. Search TikTok for a man attacked by bear, uh, bear attacks man, whatever. You'll find it. It's the first result. Um, here's an article about it. So, 
A man has shared a terrifying close encounter with a Japanese bear in which he fought for his life. And that is an apt description. He was certainly fighting for his life. Um, a heart-stopping video has emerged of a, climbing, a climber's bear encounter. Caught on a GoPro, the man is forced to fight for his life in a brawl with a wild black bear. The incident occurred on Mount Fatago National Park in the southern island of Kyushu. The area is popular with hikers and wilderness lovers. However, this climber got a bit too close for comfort. Descending the ridgeline, to his horror, the wild animal pounced on him from above. Dodging the bear, his split-second reaction may have saved his life. Hanging from a ledge, he fought off the animal again and again. In the incident from the beginning of the <clears throat> in the incident from the beginning of this month. Screaming and fending off the bear with his hiking boots is a terrifying ordeal. Despite the determined animal's rep repeated attacks, he said he was not scared. <laughs> okay, I mean, listen to that audio again. <laughs> I think he was probably a bit scared, but okay. Instead of fear, I switched to the feeling that if it was coming, I had no choice but to face it. His blood-curdling screams can be heard on the recording as he tries to shout down the animal. For his part, the Taurus says he was in the wrong as the one invading the bear's territory. He said he had no choice but to defend himself from the bear. Fortunately, he claims to have had some martial arts training to fend off the animal. I learned karate when I was a child, he said, publishing his video to YouTube. As a mixed martial arts fan, he said, I used, <laughs> I used hammer fist instead of punches to deter the bear from attacking, which it did again and again. He was aware of the dangers and brought bear deterrent to ward off any encounters, uh, but he had been caught off guard. I always keep a bear bell, but I mute it when descending rocks because it's too noisy, he said. The region in the Hakone Prefecture, above the Bay of Tokyo, is a favorite among bird watchers and hikers. However, local tourism website advises that visitors are not to climb Mount Fuego itself. Currently, the mountain is closed to the public for nature conservation, it reads. Tourists are eager to get back into the thick of Japan, which is newly reopened to tourists. But if you go to the woods today, it's unlikely you'll be in such for a sh it's unlikely you'd be in for such a shocking bear-related surprise. Despite the climber having sorry, despite this, the climber has no regrets and appreciates the encounter as a valuable experience. Posting it to YouTube under the account it's a Chinese name, I can't it's not even the letters I can recognize. Bear and Climber, I guess that's the translation. The video has been seen over 1.7 million times. The unnamed Tramper claims he did nothing wrong. That directly contradicts what he said before. We said he was in the wrong, but okay. I think it was in a, de a desperate situation, but the fact that I survived safely is the most wonderful thing. It is a valuable image that will remain in posterity. <laughs> yeah, go and watch that video, guys. He, um... I mean, I don't know how much I believe this guy. I think he's talking himself up a little bit. I don't know if it was fucking mixed martial arts training that did it. I think it was instinct. Um, that Yeah, when the bear is climbing... Well, the bear's climbing down the mountain at first. It dives. He moves out of the way, which is very badass. And there is a frame where you can see how close this bear's mouth and claws got to this guy. It falls down the rest of the little mountain. It's climbing back up, and he's using like his hammer fist to smack it. But he he hits it on the rock several times at full strength. So I was expecting to read about broken bones in his hand or something. Um, and then yeah, the bear circles him a few times. He kicks it off. Pretty pretty terrifying stuff. If you can, definitely go look at that. Um, our final our final story today from ABC News again. This one was just 
I don't know if anyone else has a Google Pixel or like a, a Google phone. Um, this one, I just wake up to the news. It recommends me what I want to read. And this is what Google recommended for me this morning, um, which is a crocodile attack in the remote Kimberley sees men airlifted to hospital with minor injuries. Okay, so an Australian story. We love it. Okay, uh, ABC News reports. A tour operator says that two people have suffered minor injuries after an incident with a saltwater crocodile off a remote part of the Kimberley coastline in Western Australia. A Horizontal 4 seaplane adventurer spokesman said two crew members were on a fishing vessel on Monday evening when the incident occurred. Quote, Both men were undertaking personal activities outside of work hours on a non-guest fishing vessel when the incident occurred, the spokesperson said. The men were airlifted to Broome Hospital for further assessment and treatment. The Western Australian County Health Service says both patients are stable. Uh, a Department of Biodiversity, Conservation and Attraction spokesman said there had been an incident with two to three metre estuarine crocodile at Cyclone Creek, Talbot Bay on Monday. Uh, earlier this year, a, small, a similar sized crocodile was reported launching itself towards vessels at this location, the spokesperson said. If a crocodile matching the description of the one involved in yesterday's incident is located and continues to pose a risk to public safety, an operational decision may be made to remove the animal. Uh, that sounds that sounds good, actually. I thought they were going to say they were just going to kill it. Uh, if they can remove it safely, that would be great. Parks and Wildlife staff were travelling to Talbot Bay to patrol the area, the spokesperson said. A Royal Flying Doctor Service spokesperson said it received a call about the incident and provided assistance over the phone. We were not involved in the aeromedical transfer of patients involved in an alleged crocodile attack in the Kimberley last night, only providing a phone consultation via our 24-hour coordination centre in response to the incident, the spokesperson said. That last thing kind of came across as a little defensive. What do you, <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, like that is it guys. That is our scratch of the day. And that's going to be our episode as well. Thank you for joining me on this journey back into India, where this time we faced, uh, an elephant in musth. And remember, if you take anything away from today, make sure you use the word muffs when picking up attractive zookeepers and tell them, you know, Hey, 25 zookeepers a year killed by elephants, man. This could be your last day on earth. Do you really want to spend it not having sex with me? Maybe don't listen to me for uh, dating advice. I think that I think that might be your best point of call is to not do that, um, guys. I want to really quickly plug um, our Patreon. Um, I cashed out on Patreon the other day, and it was delightful. It was the first time I've been paid for the show. Um, that was that was a nice little warm feeling. I bought a pack of donuts with that money, so thank you. If you would like to sign up for our Patreon, you can just search Man Eaters on Patreon. Five bucks a month, or don't. I'm totally fine with you not. It, it, this is a free show, and it always will be. Um, but yeah, it, it would really help me out. I would very much appreciate it. I'm poor. I'm a little poor boy. I don't have many things. I don't have nice things. I'm, I'm drinking one White Claw. I have to ration my White Claws. And it's warm now, too, because I haven't taken a sip this whole time. Uh, also, of course, check out our social media accounts. Instagram, we post there a lot. Uh, Facebook, we post there sometimes. If you have any uh, suggestions for stories for Man Eaters episodes or Killer Cryptid episodes or movies you would like me to watch and review, you can send those to maneaterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as always, the social links and the website link are always in the description. Uh, we'll be back next episode with a new edition of Man in a Movies. Uh, for some reason, don't know why, the last Man in a Movie just 
episode did really well and uh, thousands of Canadians just started listening to it. So we're going to try and recapture that magic. And what better film to recapture the magic with than the original man in a movie itself, Jaws 3D. Just kidding. No 3D, just Jaws. That's going to be it, guys. Have a fantastic week. I love you. Your faces. I feel like I've stolen that from a skinny YouTuber. That's right. I called him skinny because he's on a weight loss journey. Good on you, Phil. Uh, Yes, have a a great weekend or week, wherever you are. Look after yourselves. Buy yourself something fancy. Have a donut. Have a gluten-free vegan donut and uh, enjoy that. Put it in your mouth and have a good time. Okay, I need to lie down. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.